You come with the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. 32. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. His name is Grant. I'm going to stay with such of the people. What's up? Shut All right, let's jump up. into it. Fuck you, bitch. Mm, Couldn't tell the moderator, shut the fuck up, you fucking cock-sucking ass bastards. I could have said some other shit, but I watched myself. Anyway, let's stop now getting distracted. Let's get into it. The Falcons, the Dirty Birds, the fake-ass birds, one of the fake-ass birds, came to MNT Bank Stadium to play the Ravens, and they lost. Ravens won that game 17, no, it wasn't 17 to 6, it was 17 to 9. And some of us... Came real. We all were pretty close within our score predictions. We all had a good feel of how the game was going to go. So, either way, I'm mostly surprised that we threw a passing touchdown, but kudos to <laughs> and, and Tyler Huntley for actually like, defying may, logic. May, may not have actually been a passing touchdown, but we'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it. We'll take it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's let let's let Bill Vinovich just miss that call and let that, that big dude, Arthur Smith, just get more and more pissed off. But anyway, enough of that. Drew... You know what to do. Give me your thoughts on the victory, kind sir. Yes, I mean, it was nice to see our first uh, receiving touchdown by a wide receiver since week three. Um, kind of embarrassing that it's been that long since we had one. And it wasn't really a touchdown, but again, we were, you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. Like, it's been it's been that long since we've gotten one. You know, nice to get one on the board there. Um, honestly, my complaints are pretty minimal from the week. Again, it was an ugly game. It was cold. We're with our backup quarterback. Uh, really only thing that I can question is why JK didn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter again. Um, is he on some kind of magical pitch count? It seems that when he gets to that, you know, uh, 12 to 15 carry range, they stop giving him the ball. So uh, I guess uh, at what point are we going to kind of, you know, take the leash off and let him run wild? Uh, good to see Marlon back, you know, doing the, uh, the fruit punch. It's been a while since he's had one of those. So always nice to see. Uh, Brandon Stevens looked pretty good too. Um, for, you know, being our backup corner. I'm hoping Marcus Peters is back this week, but, you know, Brandon Stevens, that could have been a decent confidence boost for him. And honestly, we just need Lamar back. Uh, I'm I'm tired of watching Tyler Huntley. Uh, I've been pro-Anthony Brown. I'm now just fucking put Lamar on the field and let him play. I'm sick of the backup quarterbacks. Like we're kind of picking up some momentum here. Let's just, you know, get going in the right direction, going in the playoffs and hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, it's like drives are stalling, you know, like we'll get some momentum going down the field. Play calling is atrocious as always. You know, that's pretty expected at this point. Um, It is concerning that we got outgained by Desmond Ritter and the Falcons offensively. Um, You can look at it any way you want, but at the same time, like it still happened. And, you know, with the way that we should be controlling the clock with the run game, it, it, it didn't happen. And, you know, there was times where, you know, we kind of as fans were going a little bit crazy on Twitter because we're sitting here talking about, oh, man, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But, of course, they predictably start running the ball after they completely got away from it when, you know, you knew it's going to happen. Huntley, he's just clueless, man. Like there was a scramble. He rolled out, had Mark Andrews doing jumping jacks, didn't – or no, it was Robinson – on the sideline, doing jumping jacks, didn't throw it to him. The touchdown scramble, he had likely wide open. Nobody actually likely's defender fell down, and yeah, and then he threw it at likely's ankles and missed them. Yeah, I'm talking just, about a different one. It was just no, I'm, talking about was, those, I'm talking about the third, the was it the third or fourth drive uh, when we drove down the field. Um, we ended up getting a field goal out of it, but it, he had him wide open, and I think we were in like the three yard line, and yeah, you know the, those types. 
yeah, those things can't happen. I mean, yeah, that Sammy Watkins player by, you know, one catch 40 yards. Everybody's like, yeah, go Sammy. Um, that's good to see him make a play. Uh, but I mean, where, why does he have one target for like, you know, one catch for 40 yards on one target? Like if he makes a big play, he's got his confidence up, feed the hot hand. Same thing with JK, feed the hot hand. Gus came in, ran well. And then like you said, you know, JK not touching the ball in the fourth quarter. Like, I just don't fucking get it. Like, I don't understand what he's doing. JK has been absolutely balling out of his mind. Yeah. Hey, um, Grant, I think it, that's a, a mix though of play calling and Tyler Huntley being, uh, you know, bad at reading the field. Um, yeah. So, you know, we had, that big, that, we had that big game, uh, that big gain by Sammy Watkins put us, I, I think it was right inside the 10 yard line or on the 10 yard line. We were, we were deep in Falcons territory and got nothing, got a field goal out of it. I mean, as soon as we got down there, Roman did what Roman does and, and called a bunch of garbage plays. Um, you know, I think we, despite, like first play of the game, we came out, ran the ball, eleven yard run. Second play, I think we got like a seven yard run, uh, or maybe we didn't even run the ball. The second play, we we the first the first possession, we ran four plays and we ran two runs and two passes. The two passes were trash. Um, the uh, the runs were productive. So I, I just don't know why when you're getting you know right off the break, you get eleven yards on a handoff. Why not just keep doing that until? The defense shows you they can do anything about it. Even if you're not getting 11, if you're getting six, just keep doing you're it. You're averaging 3.3 yards per carry. You're good. Right. And yeah, we're, 3. Not 4. Point, yeah. we're not averaging 3 point anything. We're, we're averaging well over five yards per carry. Yeah. You know, um, at all times. And, and we had, I looked at the carry split. It was 11 carries for Gus. It was 12 carries for JK. It was 12 carries for Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley had like 46 yeah. yards and 12 carries. Like, why? Why are we yeah, wasting we- carries for him? Can we please stop the fucking sprint outs on first right. down or like second down and eight? You're running a fucking sprint. He's not Lamar Jackson. Lamar's good at that because he sets up the edge defenders and he makes that little cutback inside when he pushes the outside. That's, that's how it's designed down. to go. We ran that on yeah, fourth it, down too, I think. Yeah. We we ran it too much. Why does Tyler yeah. only have 12 carries? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, when we have 12, running backs, 12 carries is 120 yards, and I'm good with it. It's yeah. 12 yeah, carries exactly. for 25 yards. 20, like, what, yeah. the, what the fuck is Yeah. We yeah, have two running backs who, are, yeah, we have two running backs who are, who are getting, you know, six plus yards per carry. I just don't know why. And at this point, we are on our backup quarterback. Hopefully, Lamar is coming back soon, but we may need to rely on Tyler Huntley through the end of the regular season. Why the hell are we going to keep letting him get hit 12 times a game like that? And he doesn't. Oh, and he takes the shots too. He doesn't get down or get out. He no. takes shots. He he takes. But if you're gonna yeah. put your body on the line, get some fucking yards out of it, not two yard carries. Like it's right. just. I, I mean, again, we're we've been pretty pro Anthony Brown. I would say uh, at least Grant and I have been, and I think that yeah, he needs he needs if Lamar can't play, you, he needs to start. You're just you're not you. Tyler Huntley can't throw. Tyler Huntley can't run, and that's. You know, like he's just not a good quarterback. It's, I don't it's have just, any faith. Yeah, I don't have any faith in Tyler Huntley to win the next two weeks. Because those two pass plays that we dialed up after the good run plays were actually not horrible play calls. They were just horribly thrown balls by Tyler Huntley. I just don't no. know why you call the pass plays in the first place. No, I agree. But you're, the thing is, is you're not calling the pass plays because your quarterback's not capable of making the throws, not because the pass plays don't make sense. What so this is Romans. What happened to screens? Get get right. JK in open field. Like yeah, what like I mean, you're running, uh, you're running misdirection, you're running jets, you're running QB reads, you're doing all that shit. That's a perfect time when you're faking inside RPO and you can swing think, whatever yeah, you I, can do. I don't think they have any confidence in in 
Huntley to, to have the patience to let a screen develop personally. Um, that's, that's a fair point. But then if you don't have confidence in your quarterback throwing the ball short, medium or far, he shouldn't you know, be in there. Why, why, why is he in the game? I think some of the most the, the some of the throws that make me the most nervous with him are when they're behind the line of scrimmage. When he's when he's trying to make those yeah. short passes, he's not good at them. He has no. No, he has no feel for those those throws at all. Well, and he, he just, really he's, does he's a one, well. he's a one read guy. Like he, yeah. he just he get he like forces the read. But like also too, I mean, when you're looking at like with the Anthony Brown thing, I mean, he's he deserves a shot. Tyler Huntley got very like the Falcons started driving towards the end of the game. And man, I don't speaking of that, I don't know defensively what's going on with Owe. I mean, he got tossed around like a rag doll. And he's laid off the snap all the time. He's getting fucking flat footed. It's it's bad. Why are we not at this point? I think you need to make him inactive. And you need to let Ojabo play. And you know, again, I'm the Michigan homer and blah blah. But like, they, this is the same shit with Proche of like Oe is giving you nothing, and you have this kid behind him. So Oe is blocking Ojabo from playing. Technically, why not see what you have with Ojabo? If he's 100 percent healthy, just fucking put him on the field so we can do it. It cannot be any worse than Oe. Yeah. I mean, look at um, – I mean, same thing with the receivers, like Shamar Bridges, like our, our boy Ben Victor. Like, like give them a, a legit chance. Ben Victor got activated that one game, but, I mean, he played like four snaps and didn't get a target yeah. or anything. Like, like let him get a shot, dude. Like, uh, yeah. he's a hey, big I, dude. I, I, have a, I have a couple of of special teams gripes to, to uh, air out here. Oh, yeah. First Nick of Ball. all – no. First of all, Andy Isabella was active this week. And yet we had James Prochet returning punts. Why? James Prochet is not breaking a punt. He's not going to break a punt for a, a touchdown. He's not fast. So in James Prochet's defense, um, he is really good at catching things while he's standing still. So if they thought the wind was going to be a factor and they needed somebody sure-handed, you know, catching a punt is kind of like catching a ball off a juggling machine. I guess. So maybe but just like, a fair if, catch it. If if we're but, struggling you know, to generate points. Yeah, you need offense. somebody electric. Yeah, right. No, we I need agree. somebody who can who can make a play. And Andy Isabella, you know, all we know about him is that he's very fast. So you know, if a guy yeah. can go back and field a punt and he's got speed, that's why Devin Duvernay is dangerous. He's pa- he's a patient returner. He's you know he hasn't I've, really done aside from that one kick return this year against Miami. He hasn't done shit. But um, you know, I just I, I think if you're gonna have Isabella active, you should have him back there fielding punts and and then. You know, we had Justice Hill returning kickoffs, which, I mean, I guess. But I'd rather have Andy Isabella be the guy handling that those duties because if he gets hurt, who gives a shit? It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, affect the the depth chart really in any way. We haven't, you know, we haven't seen him active except for this past week. And then on top of that, uh, we had another field goal blocked. So what the fuck is going on with the special teams? Somebody not, saw something about changing it. It's not a Justin Tucker problem. No, and they've both been pretty far field goals, too. So, like Grant said, it's got to be something on tape that other teams are seeing that there's some right. weakness in the blocking here. So, figure it the fuck out and stop letting it happen. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, again, we're not, I'm not a special teams nerd by any fucking, you know, stretch of the imagination, but clearly there's something there. So, yeah, no, I'm not here to say that uh, I know what's going on. I'm just saying the yeah. fact that we've got two weeks in a row where Justin Tucker had a 50 yard field goal blocked or uh, either. I don't know if if last week it was a a 50 plus yarder or if it was close to it. Maybe it was like 48, but either way, it was a long field goal. I was surprised we even brought him out to kick in that in in those temperatures from 55. I don't know that you're making a kick. I I wasn't paying attention before the game, but um our our uh our friend who says rude things about NFL analyst Tom 
he said that um, Tucker was having trouble making anything over 50 from that direction in pregame where there, you know, we're not talking about with, with guys rushing the, the kick or anything like that. So um, if he's having trouble making those kicks with, with no, uh, nobody coming after him with, with, you know, no pressure on him. I don't know why we send him out from that spot on the field going for it there. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see the, the downside there, especially, I don't remember it being especially long yardage. I think it was like a, a yard and a half. Three, uh, it was two or three yards. I think. Yeah. But it was like, gonna, I, I mean, I feel like in that situation, you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't, if you're Harbaugh, because again, he lives and dies by this Yale analytics dweeb that he has up in the booth who fucking feeds him what to do in every situation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that that kid was telling him that you got to take three there and that's going to give you. Yeah, but uh, you're not taking three. If you, if you're not confident, your kicker can make it. And I understand like you're, you're going to be more Justin confident. In, I get that. It's just, uh, it's Justin Tucker. the, 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 the circumstances there didn't really, to me indicate that it was a smart move to kick the field goal. And then we ended up getting it blocked and we're in a much better, much worse position. And it's, it's a trend now because we've had three kicks blocked this year and he's missed a few. Uh, did he miss or did he have a field goal or a, an extra point blocked? I'm, sorry, I'm trying to remember. He had a, he missed, he had an extra point that was not I good. Had, I think he had, I think he had the extra point blocked. I think he's had the two kicks blocked. And then I think he's missed two other kicks this year. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not on his, I'm not on Tucker's ass. I'm not, no, I'm not but, to, you know, he, he's not going to be, I mean, for, we're talking about five missed kick to, kicks over the course of a year. Like that's, fucking bad for Justin Tucker, which is just how out of this world he's been for, right. you know, so many years in a row. The concerning thing for me, though, is the blocks, because that is definitely yeah. a coaching issue. That's a scheme thing. And it's like, OK, if if a team blocks a kick. OK, but like you said, Grant, once it happens three times, that means that, that the opposing special teams coaches are seeing something on tape. And they're drawing something well, up. So you can you can chalk the block extra point up to because I think that was like week three or four. I think it was like, like a the, tip. It was a tip. And yeah, it just like but that's what I'm saying. You can say like, bit. okay, yeah, you can be like, okay, that's like a freak occurrence, whatever. But this has been two long field goals. Yeah, that have been blocked pretty much the same way in back to back weeks. I would be well, willing to bet. Here's our thing willing. too: is our head coach is a special teams guy, right? Like he, yeah. if he's not even fucking doing it. Like, right. what does he do? What does John Harbaugh actually do? Yeah, I'd be willing to bet that whatever the opposing teams are seeing on tape, they're not just seeing it in the block kicks. They're seeing it on kicks that are made, kicks that are missed. They're just seeing something up front and in the middle, obviously, because it's always one of those interior guys that gets the the block. It's nobody coming off the edge. It's not like a we, yeah. there's some speed guy who comes in and blocks a kick. It's a it's one of their interior guys gets a hand up, gets gets penetration early. So whatever's going on yeah. there needs to be fixed because we cannot afford to be giving away three points. Two weeks ago, we had a block kick and two missed kicks, right? Or was it two? It was it one block. It was, it was a one block, miss. one miss. Yeah. One block, one miss. And that did not that what didn't make the difference in the game necessarily, but there were other things that did. So I mean, it it uh, it, it snowballs when you start when you start giving away points like that. And Justin Tucker's always been our secret weapon where we know we can get our three points if we're mm-hmm. inside 55 yards. So um, we we cannot let that get away from us. That's one of the things we've done well for so long. And and now it's becoming something that, you know, it's not automatic. It's not even like you, you got to be nervous when they go out. So well, and that's and that's not his fault either, like you said. And also what it does psychologically is if it keeps continuing to happen, he's going to change his placement or how yeah. he strikes the ball or something to not have that happen again. So then you're starting to fuck with his psyche. Did you see as his far face? As his, his t- yeah, I mean, he, he was pissed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would be well, too. 
you know, it's a long kick, so he's got to kick it a little lower. You know, yeah. he's got to get more he's behind it. Um, so I, that's got to be why those ones are getting blocked, is that he's kicking them lower to the ground, but whatever breakdown is happening on the line, like it's easier for the opposing team to, you know, reach up and block it from that. Right. That trajectory has yeah. to kick it. So it's a problem. Um, I, I think it, this it coming is. week with, with Pittsburgh and with the Bengals the week after, uh, it needs to be a point of emphasis that that fucking blocking has to be perfect because we cannot afford to to give away those opportunities to put points on the board. We can't can't go, do it. Go back to grabbing the guy's leg beside you or whatever they used to do in high school, man. Just do do like the rollover. You do know? whatever like you got to do. Figure it the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just can't be having like like Will said, you cannot be having kicks get blocked. No, and it's especially with our offense the way that it's looked like those three points are meaningful. So, right, we can't we cannot continue to have that happen. Yeah, I mean, so- other than that, it's just like it, it was such a boring game in terms of our offense because, like you said, we keep stalling out. We keep having you know red zone offense is dog shit, and so you're leaving three points on the board because you have breakdowns in the line you know, for, for blocking kicks and then you can't punch the ball in from short. So like I, we need Lamar back is really all it boils down to me is I, I feel like he's the only person that can fix this problem for us. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the guy, if anything, he's like people I, I've read it before that he's made more money being out than actually playing. It's a legit fact. You see what this team is like without him. I mean, we're struggling against the weakest schedule period. And we're winning games, but we're not winning games convincingly. Like if we walk no. into the playoffs and we play like we've been playing, we're going to get our shit smacked. If we go even into, if we go, I mean, we could easily lose to Pittsburgh this weekend. I don't think we do, especially with Lamar's back. I think that's going to be, I think, well, I'll get into the Jersey stuff later, but um, I think that we need to wake the fuck up because that game for the Bengals is probably going to be for the division, which then in turn is a seeding thing. Also, you know, confidence going into the playoffs because you're not getting a buy because the one seed's locked up. So okay. at that point, you better come and bring everything you got because the Bengals are hot right now. And as much as we hate to say it, when Jamar Chase is there, they're a completely different team. Like people say, oh, we, you know, they only scored, some dude said earlier, they only scored 17 points on us. Yeah, without one of the best wide receivers in football. Like, it's like, like, no, we're not Chase. used to having that. Not the first time. Yeah, they no, had the first time they, 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 they didn't have they T. Higgins. Higgins. Oh, they didn't have Higgins. And, 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 and they did have still, Higgins like, start the game. He, he, he took yeah, a few snaps. But he's still yeah. a number one somewhere else. So, I mean, it's not Chase. Chase is one of the best in football, but they also complement each other pretty well, too. Well, but to be fair, we also didn't have Roquan Smith. Patrick Queen wasn't playing as well as he is oh, now. Roquan's changed everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm that not extension. worried about our defense. I'm not, I, I'm not at all worried about, um, the the last year happening again where our defense is going to get just fucking destroyed and the Bengals are going to come out and hang up hang 40 points on us and we have to somehow keep up with their scoring I'm not worried about that I think it's going to be a close game but uh the bigger question is especially if we have Tyler Huntley starting is how are we going to score points because you know Bengals defense is is not bad by any by any means no Um, they play us tough yeah I mean division game everything else but yeah well, and, uh, and looking and, back and, on and our this week too. and this week too with Pittsburgh, you know, we already played them two weeks ago. We beat them with Tyler Huntley. Um, but I'm just not confident in Tyler Huntley. To, to, it's like, you know, the fact that we're winning these close games, the game against Atlanta wasn't close, but they suck. Um, I don't know. I just Tyler Huntley. He's a backup quarterback. He's not a starting quarterback. He shouldn't be relied on to start for long periods of time. I understand like, circumstances are what they are. He, if, if we need, we need a quarterback to start, he's the backup, whatever. But 
when we get to this part of the schedule, um, the end of the season, if there's any chance Lamar can go, he needs to go. If he needs to, to put a brace on, if he needs to, to wrap it up, if he needs to take a shot, whatever he needs to do, he needs to be on the fucking field because I just don't have any confidence in Tyler Huntley winning two games again. I mean, he was sitting on the sideline, you know, like looking ready to go in the game, I would say, during the game when they flash over to him. And it's got to be yeah. because he's disgusted yeah. with the shit that he sees going on out there. But it, it was just – it, it's again, it's the same shit over and over again that we've said about Tyler Huntley for two years now is that he's just not that good. Like no, he's he really not. just, he's not an NFL caliber quarterback. And I mean, somebody he's might an NFL caliber this. backup quarterback, but he's not the kind of NFL caliber backup quarterback that you can rely on to like, I'm okay with him coming into a game when Lamar gets hurt, but when we have yeah, to rely I, on him to start games, I, I there's, I'm, I'm not up for that. Really, if that, we need a guy to play the fourth quarter because we're up forty nothing on somebody, like yeah, cool, give Tyler Huntley the ball. I'm, I'm fine with that. He's not going to fuck that up that badly, but he's not going to win you many games against good teams. It's no. just he's not. He's just not good enough. Well, and we saw it when he came in uh, in the Denver game. Like he doesn't. There's no spark. I mean, no. you know, he may put together that one drive you need, but it's not. Yeah. He's he's not. And the, there was the there's a lot they, of penalties that helped that last drive that he yeah, put together the, that nobody wants to talk about. So the people who talk about him and Lamar being so similar are just uh, like what racist. are they looking? What are they watching? They're, yeah. they're, it's 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 racism. It's got to be. There's not. There's no other. The only thing similar no about them is, is their their build and their skin tone. That's it. Yeah, and they can both run faster than other quarterbacks. There's I really guess. nothing. I mean, well, Tyler Huntley's yeah. really not even that fast. He's. I mean, he's mobile. But he's yeah, not Lamar so, Jackson. No, but there's no other Lamar Jacksons on the planet. So it's really just uh, – it, it has to be racism. I, I really can't – and I, I don't like throwing that around, but, like, there's no other there's no other thing that makes sense to me in that situation. Right. Yeah. Especially when well, your yeah. backup quarterback can't throw the ball five y- more than five yards down the fucking field. Oh, my there's God. No the, fact, yeah, the fact that Greg Roman keeps calling plays for Tyler Huntley to push the ball down the field, what it, like, it, it's, it's known. Anybody that's watched him play. He cannot throw the ball down the field. He uh, had, that's the so, lie because a certain analyst tweeted that he threw the best deep ball on the team. So he <laughs> his deep ball is so bad. It's I mean oh, it's it, unbelievably bad. He well, is, well, so no, it looks it looks nice coming out of his hands. It's got a nice spiral. He's got enough you yeah. know distance on it. It's just never on target. Never. Never. But not not only are why are we throwing the ball deep down the field with him consistently, but why are we throwing the ball deep down the field to Josh Oliver every fucking time? Does he have dirt on Greg Roman? Uh, that's another guy. Who, Josh where Oliver? Is, yeah, where the fuck is Charlie Kohler? Yeah. I mean, Josh Oliver has, has, has fine, played but... fine. Yeah. It's more Nick Boyle for me. Like, if you're going to have a tight end be inactive, why not the guy that just doesn't contribute at all? I understand he's getting paid, but, like, I don't give a fuck about that money. Yeah, that's the only cost. That money well, is the only reason he's here. The only reason he's here is because we'd pay more to cut him than we do to have him on the roster. Yeah, but we that's can make true. him inactive. I mean, we're paying. Yeah, no, him that's what way. I'm saying is that is that the only reason he's here is because like getting rid of him costs more money. I mean, you have to have him active on game day, right? No, he, nothing, you know, right? He 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 has demonstrated. I mean, we're we're now in we're going into week 17, right? Yeah, yeah, week 17. He has not contributed anything to this team, and the money is the money. It's spent. That should not have any role in whether a guy's active or not on game day. If there's a guy who can provide anything better than someone else, that the best player should be active and available. Even if Charlie Cole only plays 
15 snaps, whatever. That's Nick Boyle's not getting 15 snaps right now. And even if he did, what the fuck would he do in the 15 snaps? And Charlie Kohler is tall enough that, you know, maybe Tyler Huntley doesn't overthrow him in the end zone. That's true. It's a possibility. He's he's a big enough target that maybe even Tyler Huntley. I'm just saying if we, if we redshirt two top or two guys in the top four rounds this year, that's going to really fucking piss me off. Okay. But we also had like, you know, 17 picks in the fourth round. So like, that's a little bit, you know, this is not a normal fourth round that you're comparing it to of one of our fourth or one of our fourth round picks gets redshirt. Actually two because Jalen Armour Davis has barely played. Yeah. I, I mean, so we can, three. we can rehash, we can rehash the draft history here of EDC. I think Kohler and Ajabo are the right idea that you're not giving a chance to play now that they've been healthy. Like, you know, right. whatever, like throw, throw the injuries aside. They happened. Charlie Kohler had the sports hernia thing coming out, didn't get surgery till late, whatever. You knew Ajabo had the Achilles. Like, there is now opportunities for both of them to play because they are being blocked by dead weight in front of them. Why are we not letting them play? That's so my like, argument. Like, yeah, if they're it, it, healthy, get them on the fucking field. Yeah, because again, EDC makes these draft. They not playing them makes those draft picks look worse than they are. Right. Well, Jalen Armour like, Davis was a, was yeah, a bad pick. It's yeah. It's not yeah. like those guys are gonna. Uh, they're gonna be like, okay, well, now that we're in the playoffs, now it's time for us to activate those rookies who have never played before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. So, yeah. I mean, I I agree. It is frustrating. I still don't. I mean, I'm not like. Uh, why do we pick these guys? Because you don't pick. A, you don't take a guy in the draft. To, like with this year specifically in mind ever well like, i'm like why did hopefully like, you want wow. you hopefully you do get something out of them this year but if you don't these are guys you you pick and you have rights to them for many years you're going to develop them charlie kohler is not a complete player we already know that ojabo um obviously i mean he was great last year but he's got he's got growth ahead of him um and hopefully he grows into a guy like uh, like a Terrell Suggs, who I think that's in in his image. That's why we drafted him to be that guy. But um, I would like to see them contribute this year for sure. Because uh, I'm, I'm more and, like and, and more so because I want I I hate this fucking the goddamn Pickens Pickens people up my asshole about oh what, look what Pickens is doing. I, so I think it's an incomplete argument. Because Hold on. if Pickens just were on the Ravens, on that. even if we did draft him, you, there is no indication that George Pickens would be performing well for the Ravens right now. I had, several, I had several dumb fucks say to me, tweet me, whatever, including uh, James, who won't listen this far in the podcast because the app won't magically play it this far for him, <laughs> who said that the game-winning touchdown t- catch was this amazing contested catch. There was literally nobody within three yards of him. Nobody no, touched he, him. No, he was, ta- no he was talking about another catch. That he was talking was about that catch. Conte- he said contested game-winning catch is what he said. The game-winning uh, touchdown one. catch he caught in the end zone with the two safeties, you know, converging, trying to get to him, and nobody was fucking near him. And I he saw did catch the game-winning people. catch, though, but nobody was around him. Yeah, I mean, again, cool. Like he was open. I'm glad that he caught that ball. Like I, I'm not. I'm good I'm for not, him. Yeah, it's I'm not, not like that one that he on him, but like you know, so so, But no. So back to Ajabo. Here's my thing with Ajabo, and we could talk about his talent, how he's a top 15 projected, whatever, until the Achilles injury. With the way that the league values pass rushers in a passing league, why did he not go within five picks before us? Why, like, why did he fall to us? That's the thing that that. Uh, and with him not playing and still, not, you know, we all know Achilles isn't a quick rehab, but like 
if if the way the league values pass rushers, he should he should have gotten taken w- before we got him if he's as good as advertised. Okay, but but, but I mean, Grant, by that same logic, yeah. by that same logic, if George Pickens is his fucking generational talent, he shouldn't have fell, fallen to fifty two. Why was he the tenth wide receiver off the board if he's this amazing amazing guy? You know, like again, I guess people people make, Well, yeah, and so David Ajabo had to fall somewhere. Like, but he's you know, also teams, not playing. That's a, yeah, you're comparing that's the, a guy that's been that's healthy playing to a guy that we don't even know when he's going to play or what he's going to be. One of them's proven right now, and one of them's proven. there. I mean, he's a rookie proven with 700 active, yards yeah. Okay. and yeah, proven, four touchdowns. Proven that he plays, okay. He's got 10 targets and 10 catches the past two weeks. I mean, the guy's good. At the end of the day, the guy's good. He's, and he's fine. Have helped us. He's fine. He, He's not. He would not help us. Or we'd still be in the same issue that we have now. We'd still be in the same wide receiver situations, whether or not we. I don't think so. He's the. He's not. He's not your wide receiver one though. He is not a hundred. He's not going to be the number one. I never said he was a wide receiver one. No, but who do we have? Okay, so you put him in. He's a second rounder. You don't. You don't draft a second rounder as anticipation to be a a number one. Well, I mean, he's getting second rounder with Randy Moss, a number two to potential. No, that's just half the time. It's just people fucking with. The haters. No, I, I, when did the Steelers draft any wide receivers in the first round? They don't. Uh, dude, yeah, they, they really don't. Always we, probably, we probably shouldn't either. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> so, mean, like, the George Pickens thing, George Pickens is fine. I, I, you know, I, I, I jokingly I jokingly say he's bad. He's not bad. He, he's talented, uh, but... He's an calling asshole. him bad is the same as the overreaction of calling him the next fucking generational talent, right. Randy Moss. That's, that, We're and, doing and, the exact same thing right. that people are that doing. That is the so. joke that people don't understand, that being over using hyperbole to say how bad he is is the same shit as the hyperbole that's saying how good he is. Because what he's done this year is he's played fine. He's not done anything exceptional. He's had a couple highlight plays. Those plays didn't mean shit. Most of those plays happened in losses. Uh, I think a couple of them had obvious pass interference, but you know it didn't get called, whatever. But George Pickens is George Pickens. It doesn't matter. But the constant comparison to Ojabo is just annoying. And so for me, Ojabo, I wish since he is healthy – supposedly he's practicing. He was active one time and then he went back to inactive. It's annoying to me because all we're going to hear drew you and I from people is look what George Pickens is doing. I don't give a fuck what George Pickens is. You can suck my dick. Fuck him. He's, he's a stealer. So all these people who are fucking watching everything he does, getting excited when he makes catches and Oh my, like James sent this fucking clip. Look at this move. This is crazy. He caught the ball and slapped a, uh, a cornerback in the head and got an extra two yards. No, it was, the, go- it was no, it was the separation at the top of the route that was pretty crazy. He was talking about his Grant, Grant, the the problem you, the problem here is that you argue this George Pickens stuff as an intelligent human being with like some football knowledge. The morons that Will and I are constantly battling are like you know unable to walk and chew gum at the same time. And <laughs> so play, we're talking, yeah, the play we're, that we're talking we're about, about, you know, the play that we're talking no, about. No. Was a, was just like honestly, it was like it was a fine play. It was whatever, it's not worthy of the NFL main Twitter account posting it. It's not worthy of someone putting it into a tr- Twitter group to say, "Look how good this guy is." It's something that every fucking like uh, reasonably decent wide receiver who who gets that look, who who gets that ball thrown to them, should make. It, it's not. It, there's nothing crazy well, about it. 
So, and and if you look at his stats though, too, like we talked about, like it's not impressive yet or whatever. I think it's super impressive. But the fact that I think it's most impressive is look who's throwing him the football. If he was anywhere with a top fifteen quarterback, he's a thousand yard receiver right now. Well, I, I yeah, think DeAndre uh, Hopkins Mitch, was balling out with fucking you know you playing quarterback. Mitch, for a Mitch years, Trubisky he's made Allen Robinson a lot of money. I got a Mitch Trubisky made Allen uh, Robinson a lot of money. That was Alan Mitch Robinson Trubisky who made him that money. No, he no, didn't. wasn't. Yeah. Allen Robinson made his money in Jacksonville. He, no, he didn't. He, he just got paid out, after got his, his time in Chicago. No, he got his first contract in Chicago after he bought out in Jacksonville. He, he just got, got a bigger, bigger contract. Ass, he got a bigger contract this offseason as one of the top wide receiver free agents on the market because of what he did with Mitch Trubisky. And then people now want to shit on Mitch Trubisky, who's the only quarterback in Pittsburgh who's done shit this year who's the and, and they, they but also you just said it he got paid because of what he did with Mitch Trubisky that yes. means that he made he had to do what he did with nothing no it means and Mitch Trubisky by the way a guy who had a winning record under Adam Gaze so like Mitch but Trubisky Matt, for, Nagy. Uh, Matt Nagy yeah sorry uh Adam Gaze Matt Nagy are the same person uh <laughs> yeah Never seen them in the same room. Well, maybe no, they have. They are the same they're person. Both, they're they, both head coaches. So. Yeah, sorry. They are the same person, essentially. But uh, so Mitch Trubisky succeeded despite his head coach, despite the offensive system. Allen Robinson succeeded with, with uh, Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky went and did his time as a backup, earned a starting job in Pittsburgh, has done pretty well considering that's a, a roster that's, that's very much in, in transition. You don't even know what's going to happen with the head coach. So, like everyone who wants to shit on the quarterback situation, there, I don't know. Whatever you want to shit on, dumb. you want to shit on Pickett. Go right ahead. He sucks. But no, like okay, so you can't say anybody that wants to shit on their quarterback situation or whatnot. But then that's like saying people can't shit on our wide receiver situation. Like our wide, our receiver, wide receiver situation suck. is trash. Our wide receivers so are the worst. Are the worst worst in the NFL. We're talking worst in the NFL versus Kenny Pickett's like. The 27th, 28th, 29th, I, no I, I one, don't know. Whatever. No, no one twisted their arm to take fucking Kenny Pickett. Nobody told yeah, that's that's where, that Steelers fans that jerked their dicks about fucking Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Talking about he, the, the, the chosen one of Pittsburgh or whatever they fucking call him, right? Fucking three-inch hand fuckboy. Yeah. He, no. He's throwing the football with a back scratcher. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he really is. Like, his hands are that fucking small. I had an argument with Will about how hand size didn't matter. I didn't realize how fucking small that guy's hands were compared to like other quarterbacks. You get to this time of year and that ball gets cold, man. That thing is fucking yeah. slippery as hell. That's why he's, and he's out there with my, Michael Jackson gloves and shit. Yeah. That, no. they, they subbed the ball out for a TDY. <laughs> I, honestly, like the youth football might be too big for him. The K2? Yeah. yeah the K2. I, I, I think he might struggle with that. They got to use just, the John Elway Vortex. Yeah. He, the, uh, even that could be too big. I yeah, just, so it's anyway, I, I need Ojabo to, to just get out there and play because I'm really tired of the, the chirps about. I want, I want Harbaugh to stop being fucking stupid with the inactives is really what I want. Yeah, we, you I know, wanna, the, th- this week's a great week for Ojabo. Sit and, down. Yeah, or or not even sit him down, you know, whatever. Just uh, no, fuck. because you got to You got to send a message to him at this point. Again, like where we talk about, you know, our coaches don't hold anybody accountable, blah, blah, blah. Like that's the biggest fucking bitch fest online is nobody holds themselves accountable. So hold away accountable. He's fucking sucked this year. So fucking sit his ass down. Tell him you fucking suck. Earn your playing time back. And let's all maybe, let, maybe. let's all together. Let's uh, let's agree right now. 
in the off season, we are going to uh, come together and all have the same message for Owe. And it's not, we hate you, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's a first round pick. We have him for at least four years. So well, I don't hate him. I just want him to, perform. we're going into year three. We need him yeah. to have that, that, to good. that year three glow up that, that Patrick Queen's having right now. Cyberbullying works. Cyberbullying works. Maybe, uh, yes. maybe Owe is the next Darren Waller. We don't know. Well, he's saying he's well gonna not, oh, there we go. Here we go. Let's not get Drew started on this. Do you know right. something we don't, Grant? Let's put let's put a little bow on the, the, the Falcons talk and then we can get fully into the Steelers. So yep. Falcons, boring game. Uh, special teams is fucked and they need to fix it. And I think that's something they can fix in one uh, you know, in just like one uh, short week. So fix the special teams, play calling. Come on. What the fuck? Run the ball this week. I think we can run the ball even more. I don't think the Steelers are very good against the run, are they? Didn't, didn't... I mean, we, we shredded them on the ground. So, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. and then guess what? You, if we if we do that, then we can we can set up those one read pass plays for Huntley because their secondary sucks. I mean, I'm hoping he's not. I'm hoping it's Lamar. And that yeah, we're just letting Lamar come back. Me and, too. You know, let, me light, too. Light load, run the ball, lock him, some easy throws, call him. Yeah. So well, anyway, uh, Linderbaum was locking up Hayward too. So I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Inside right. man. Inside so just to zone. put just to put the Falcons behind us. That game was boring. We won exactly the way all of us expected us to win. Um, we're not going to be able to play that same game this week. That's not even close to on the table. So um, I don't know. I mean. Okay, great. We won. We're in the playoffs. That that's locked up. But we need to play like a playoff team now, not like a team that's limping in. Yeah, that's I mean, factual. Takeaway: Get healthy and yeah. fucking keep winning. Also, for that Duvernay play that they like to run fake to the quarterback running up the gut with Andy Isabella running that, give Andy Isabella the ball. He's fast. If he gets tackled, then it's whatever. But at least give it to him once, see if he can run that shit. But anywho, that'll do it for that. Let's get into the week with the, the, that one cut team from Western Pennsylvania where the Allegheny and the whatever fucking M River Anaga meet Hila. together to form the third. Yeah, it's fine. I didn't want to, I intentionally didn't want to pronounce it just because fuck them. But anyway, we play the fucking Steelers. Those cunts, the Rooney family. Oh yeah, they're charitable, all this, all that. They do great things for humanity and Dan Rooney was uh, R.I.P. Dan Rooney, but the Rooney family were great spokespersons from that from Ireland. Hey, he's a little cocksucker. Fuck him. I don't give a fuck. Shouldn't own the fucking Steelers. Simple as that. I said that two years ago. I say that today. So yep. fuck him. That game was supposed to be on at 10 o'clock in the morning, Western West time, 1 p.m. on the East. That's been flexed to the Sunday night game where we have to hear Mike Tirico and that corny chili spaghetti eating fucking Chris Collinsworth call the game. But... It's the fourth week since Lamar's been hurt. Let's hope he comes back and starts this game so we can get on into the playoffs with a hot stretch and hopefully have a home playoff game wild card weekend. But anywho, that's enough of me. Grant, I'll go with you. Give me your thoughts heading into the game, man. Talk about it's, it's time for you to talk about number 14, even though you've already been talking about it. Are you concerned with Brandon Stevens covering him? No, I think we're going to have Marlo on him. I think – Muller's physicality matches up well with him. Um, he, you know, he had a decent game against this last time. So didn't have, you know, crazy many yards, but he made some nice catches. Um, I don't think Najee Harris doesn't scare me at all. I don't know what happened to him. 
Um, the way our front seven's been playing, really our defense in general, um, Kyle Hamilton's been coming on. And I don't know if it's like with Marcus Williams being back, it's kind of helping out over the top, but it's like Kyle Hamilton's, they're having him play more free underneath, which is his his skill set, you know, jamming slots, guarding tight ends, um, you know, attacking the line of scrimmage. He's been getting better every week. So, you know, I'm very happy with the way he's playing. Offensively, it depends. I mean, if Lamar is there, I don't really – I mean, it's Steelers week, but I don't have too many concerns if Lamar's playing the way J.K. Dobbins has been running the ball. We're going to get that tandem back, um, get a couple confidence passes to Mark Andrews. He needs to start picking it back up. This could be a comeback game for him, you know, get him maybe a touchdown or two. Um, this is this is a must-win. I mean, this is a must-win game for us. And, you know, I think everybody needs to step up. Roquan's going to keep doing his thing, but you can't let, you know, Kenny Pickett or Mr. Trubisky, whoever's going to be back there, you can't let them do anything. I mean, Mr. Trubisky drove the ball last time. He just had three red zone interceptions that were bad. But, you know, you take those red zone interceptions away, it's a whole different ball game. And two of them were on the same exact play. So, you, you know, yeah. yeah I was going to say, if you, if you wait out Kenny Pickett on a long drive, he's going to do the same shit. So, hopefully, I mean, they, that, we don't get long drives. No, but I'm saying that, like, you know, letting Mitch Trubisky run a eight-play drive that gets him into the red zone and then he throws a pick, like, that's what that's intended to do is, you know, he's going to make a dumb throw now and then. And same thing with Kenny Pickett. They're going to make dumb throws. They're going to turn the ball over. I mean, I'm just excited for Kerry Underwood and Lamar Jackson. That's what I'm looking forward to on Sunday. Those are my two uh, keys to the game. My future uh, wife, Carrie Underwood, singing before the game, and then I get to see Lamar play quarterback. What about uh, Pepe Williams last week? I thought he was pretty good. So, uh, yeah. Um, I think I was excited because I've he's been inactive recently. So when he when when I saw him dressed and warming up, I was like, oh shit, here we go. Because I before the game, I was talking about who the hell was going to play outside with uh with uh Marcus Peters out. I was nervous with Stevens, and they did a little bit of a rotation. I think we talked about that last week, right? Brandon Stevens. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm glad Pepe Williams factored in, and he's he I think has looked good all year. Really, and his opportunities has looked good. There's been a couple games. I think the Miami game, he was exposed, but that was like we had a bunch of rookies on the field at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I think Pepe Williams factors in with the, the uh, you know, they have good receivers. They have um, Deontay Johnson and um, and George Pick- George Pickens. And who's their third receiver? Brian Muth is their tight end. No, obviously, Miles Boykin. They got yeah, they got rid of Claypool, so you're thinking of the third. But no, I'm thinking of somebody else who's been making plays for them. I can't remember yeah. who it is because fuck the Steelers. I don't give a fuck who it is. Um, you know, th- their running backs have been playing pretty well too. Um, Najee Harris has looked good, and and even um, who's the guy who Jalen came Warren's back? not bad. Yeah, that's Jalen Warren number thirty. Yeah, thirty. He's solid. Yeah, he's been running pretty pretty strong. So you know, I'm I don't worry about the running game so much, but um. You know, their offense, they have playmakers. So um, the defense needs to step up. I hope we see Marlon Humphrey, uh, you know, locking up Pickens more often than not. Uh, and I do Pepe have... Williams and Deontay Johnson makes sense, like just yeah. build wise and, and skill wise. Is there a chance we see Marcus Peters come back this week? I would guess on a pitch count. Okay. I don't know that he's just... one of those guys who's willing to, to play on a pitch count. Yeah, but he's... I think that uh, I think that he's also, I mean, he did play on a pitch count when he came back from the knee. He didn't play 100% of the snaps right away. I think he that only was, played that, like that was short lived. That was like one one game, I think, right? Yeah, but so I think I could, I, I would see that happening again. Uh, if you get one week of a warm up, he plays full, you know, game against Cincinnati, then he's good to go for the playoffs. So okay, yeah, I mean, they're gonna want want to get him up to speed. Yeah, I think yeah. it's very important. 
like Grant said, it's must win because the Bengals play the Bills this week. Um, if they stumble, the Bills obviously, you know, have every reason to, to keep pushing because they want that one seed. Um, so I think we have a good opportunity here. Beat the Steelers. We're better than them. We should beat them. Even with Tyler Huntley, we should beat them. I, I, like like I said, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Tyler Huntley to beat the Steelers twice, but we still should beat them. We are a better team. Um, and then go into that game with Cincinnati, where I think even if we tie Cincinnati, we, we would take the division. So Yeah, because we have the tie break. Yeah, so it's a hugely important game. The Steelers don't – I mean, I guess they're still fighting for a playoff spot, but it's it's a long shot. Um, they if can't we, catch us. They, the cannot, they can't still... win the division. I know that much. Well, and if we beat them, then we clinch Mike Tomlin's first losing season as a head coach in uh, Pittsburgh, which is another uh, important thing to me personally. Me too. And, that drives you know, him up and, and, and you know John Harbaugh takes little things like that seriously, not that he's ever going to go yeah. in front of a microphone and talk about how he like is excited to to give Mike Tomlin his first losing season as a, as a head coach, but he you know he takes little things like that those little uh like like the the game against the Russian record yeah exactly yeah. stupid shit that doesn't matter um you know that but and it doesn't matter in hist in the history books it doesn't matter in the you know the scheme of getting into playoffs and winning a championship but it does matter I think in the context of locker room conversations and motivating players like hey yeah. when you guys love to have this head coach who's been a thorn in my fucking ass for the last fifteen years. Uh, have his first losing season. I think that the players can get up for that. Yeah, something you handled uh, on those two losses. And two yeah, those something losses. I noticed this week. Um, there was a clip that came out. It was Lamar on the sideline with John Harbaugh, and the two of them talking about supporting uh, Huntley. It just the tone of that clip, and it came from the Ravens. So you know, no, it's fake, dude. He hates it here. He, he's going to go to Miami. And yeah, gonna, yeah, exactly. That's my point. Miami. My point here he is like. Us. Yeah, a lot of people uh, like to like come up with these these narratives that really like I don't know where they come up with them other than they, they just make them up based on the circumstances are what the circumstances are. Lamar hasn't gotten paid yet. He's he's hurt right now. He's taking his time coming back. I don't think he's taking his time. I think he's just you know the injury is the injury. But they make it seem like Lamar hates being here. He doesn't want to be a Raven. He hates John Harbaugh. He hates everybody. Uh, he's disengaged. He's not. Showing up for work, Mike Preston, right? Um, uh, we, we I just don't think with, any of that's yeah. true. Just like that that interaction, Lamar and, and John Harbaugh, that camera is, uh, you know, 200 yards away. It's not like it's like someone standing next to them. They don't think about the fact they're having just a normal-ass conversation that's, that's actually being recorded in the moment. And the, the sincerity between the two of them talking about, you know, I love you. We got to go give Snoop a hug. Uh, you know, all this other stuff is just like the tone. If you're a human who's ever had an interaction with another human, a genuine, authentic interaction, you know damn well that that, that was 100% real and normal. And those two guys have respect and admiration for each other. And obviously, Lamar is excited for his teammates. He's not somebody who's who's overly focused on himself. So I don't know. That, that to me was telling as to where things stand with – the coach with the quarterback with the team. Um, you saw Mark Andrews last week get really mad about um, the the Greg Roman stuff, and you know I I, I do hey, like I, the I, fact I like I like that we're seeing the guys get like emotional about stuff like that because you know they're taking it personally. Obviously, we would all like to see Greg Roman get fired and James Prochet get released and uh, 
OA get benched and everything else, but they these guys all do really respect each other and root for each other. There's nobody I don't think on this team who's who's like, man, fuck that guy. Um, so uh, like, I mean, th- this is this is Ravens football. It's still the Ravens. It's still the team where, uh, you know, it's team first and it's next man up and everything else. So you know, I don't know that that like, and a lot of that is just sort of like football talk and you know. Uh, Grant, think, you can speak I, to that ha- having been in football locker rooms and everything. It's like, but, but I, it, to me, it seems like it's, it's pretty genuine. I, also yeah, I mean, think, it is, but you also got to know that it's like deep down as a competitor, the thoughts are there, what they read, they understand. I mean, like I said, we're guys on the couch. Yeah. But we can still diagnose a defense. We can still, you know, know a situational play call when it should happen or when it shouldn't happen like we know the game and you know that since they know the game they know the scheme they know they're in the game um they got to be frustrated by it too and they're not going to come out and openly say that no no but i think their their response to being frustrated isn't the same as ours where our solution is get rid of this guy bench this guy i think their solution is to like to lift each other up and to support each other and, I played and, in and a good for them. Good for them. And that right there, when you talk about what John Harbaugh does, this is something he does well. He does put that respect into the players for each other and make it into sort of like a family situation and like everybody is is rooting for the other guy. So that is something he does well. That's not something that should like keep him employed forever. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like he does that well and like and the adversity that that the team has faced is a little bit overstated considering we're 10 and 5. This is like the most uh overly analyzed 10 and 5 team of all time. The the I mean, Bengals I, last year uh, went to the Super Bowl with 10 wins. Won the fucking division with 10 wins. So this this is I a think it's because we know team. the potential. I think it's because we know the potential that we yeah. know what it should be. We know that we can't compete with those teams in the playoffs with this play calling and this guy running in the helm with his right. Waffle House. Well, I, but I think that the, part of the solution though is to have this approach, to have the, this like mentality of okay, yeah, let's all get the teams outside. have that mentality. Yeah, though. Right, they do, they all, do. All, but all adults, because here's the thing: is that like. You know, when you're with your team, when you're with your teammates, you're going to have a Mark Andrews moment where he's going to freak out at the media and tell him, you know, like an act pissed off. You're going to have a Lamar telling John Harbaugh that he loves him on the sideline. And like that, that's a normal, you know, team thing. When you go home by yourself, you're going to be a little bit pissed off that Greg Roman's in charge. And that's when Lamar's like a tweet. That's when Lamar is, you know, or, you know, J.K. Dobbins is liking tweets or guys are guys are pissed off. When you're in the facility and you're during a game, you want to win every game. I mean, I've, I've played in enough locker rooms baseball-wise that, like, anybody on the outside who says, you know, fuck this guy, he sucks, like, we all we all hate that person. Even if that player does suck, like, he's our teammate and yeah, we're the yeah. ones who are supposed to be yeah. holding him accountable. Right. And I, I think that, you know, like, we can win with Harbaugh and Roman. And that doesn't mean that they're the right guys for the job. And it doesn't mean that that's the long-term fit. But right now, like you said, we're 10-5. We're an over-scrutinized 10-5 team. And if you put Lamar Jackson under center, like, you know, sky's the limit for this team. Right, right. So so here's here's where the distinction is for me. I'm going to go back to George Pickens right now. George Pickens is a competitor. He's a he he's uh, you know, he's a, a talented guy, but he has been very focused on his, himself, his stats, mm-hmm. his targets, his touches. And you don't see that from anybody on the Ravens. And part of the reason is that it would be. A, a futile exactly. exercise. Well, it'd be a futile exercise to to be like crying about your touches in a in a offense that the play calling sucks. So like 
But imagine if George Pickens was on the Ravens right now and he and he wasn't getting his like desired uh, volume of targets and touches every game. That would that's just like so counterproductive to what this team needs. It's obvious that certain players need more touches. It's very obvious. Now, it's on the coaching to get those touches to figure out how to how to make those touches work. Uh, I have no confidence in if George Pickens were here, Greg Roman calling plays to get him the ball, uh, especially to the level that he thinks he should get it. So I don't know. It's just like I I, I like the the mentality of the players in, in the situation. They can't control who the play caller is. They can't control uh, who's active and who's inactive, because if you're healthy, which you have to assume Ojabo is, he was a, he was active two weeks ago and he wasn't active this week. So unless he got hurt this week, which he wasn't on the the injury report, it's it's confusing stuff. But I do like the mentality of the players. I think they're, they're so all on to, the same page. To some level, the end of the bar comment was correct from Harbaugh of that we're a bunch of assholes that are on the outside looking in and we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes day to day. doesn't mean that our criticism and what we want is any less valid. Right. But, you know, they also have games to like right now, and that's what the team should be focused on is winning right now, not whether or not Greg Roman's going to get fired or whether or not John Harbaugh is going to get fired or whether or not a job is going to be active. Like that doesn't, that shouldn't mean anything to the team right now because they should just be wanting to win and win by any means necessary. And if that means that Nick Boyle is active, then I guarantee you every player on that roster wants Nick Boyle to have, you know, seven catches, 150 yards and three touchdowns. And like, that's, that's the difference between like, us looking at a game and, you know, people inside that locker room just wanting to win football games. And so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them looking at us as the assholes and saying that we're wrong because like, that's, you, you just got to win games and you got to, whatever you got to do to motivate yourself. If we're providing bulletin board material and that's what hypes them up and that's what makes them win games. I'm good with it. Grant. definitely. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, they're not going to come out and say anything like that. And, you know, they shouldn't come out and say anything like that. Um, but it, my confidence is fully with the players. Like I have all the confidence in the world in the guys that we have outside of wide receiving core. You know, there are things that need to be fixed. There are things we could have should have wanted with the draft that we would be in a lot better place now over the past few years, but we're not. And and my only concern is Greg Roman and John Harbaugh's head coaching ability. He's shown us for a decade that he's just completely, he's, he's washing himself out. People can get mad at that all they want, but he's not, a great head coach and he's not a good game planner. He's not a good in-game adjuster. He's not the things that are separating some of these other guys, like, you know, your Shanahan's, your McVay's, you know, um, your, your elite coaches Why right now. Your Pete Doug, Cause Shanahan is a phenomenal, Why? he's a phenomenal head coach. He's, he's a phenomenal blown, head coach. He's only, he's only good at blowing 10 double digit fourth quarter leads in meaningful games. Is he that is, him he does not belong in that. Yeah. Does that's he, him. does he, does he coach? He's been the, the common denominator. Too? He's been the common denominator of it. Grant, he had a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. He just had to tell Matt Ryan to go out there and fall down three times and kick a field goal, and they would have won that Super Bowl. And instead he had Matt Ryan, you know, taking holding calls and getting sacked and losing, you know, 15 yards. Like, he is not you, an elite of the elite coach. He's an asshole. He's and very he, he doesn't coach. belong. He wins, he he belong. wins with any He wins with any quarterback he puts in there. But he doesn't win. He's not won the big game. He's he got always Brock fucking Purdy in there, lighting it up, and he's the talk of the town. Yeah, and then you had a double-digit lead against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and you blew it. You had a double-digit lead to who, who did they uh, to the Rams last year in the NFC Championship game, and he blew it. I mean, this is just this is what Kyle Shanahan does. We would lose our fucking minds on Kyle Shanahan if he was the Ravens head coach. 
He is John Harbaugh. Not being this, he's not John Harbaugh. He's way better than he John Harbaugh. Yes, he he's flawed. He's really good at a bunch of stuff, but he's really flawed when it matters. And that's that's it, it's the lack of adjustment, and it's the lack of Harbaugh being able to realize that Greg Roman is not the guy, and making that call on that change. And that's the same thing that you know Kyle Shanahan suffers suffers from is that for whatever reason he has not realized how to not choke double digit leads in the big games. I, I it blows my like that is not a guy that I would want to replace Sean Harbaugh. Like I would Absolutely. never, I, I would not. No, no. You're high as a kite. No, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I had a couple drinks, but that's, you know, that's <laughs> a different, different story. Um, not fueled by wild turkey pinup today, but um, no, like we, you know, John Harbaugh is a flawed coach and that's fine. That's like a discussion that we should have, but he's also our coach right now. So like, let's go out there and win games. It's kind of where I'm at of like, I don't want him to fail for some narrative to succeed that I have. I'd rather win a Super Bowl and then revisit in the offseason. Agreed. Yeah, and, and, if, and John Harbaugh can stay for all I care as long as we he is open to making the necessary changes around the team, which really it's one change. I mean, if, if he can accept that, uh, you know, he doesn't need to let his friends uh, just fail miserably over and over and he's over again. Until he... He's got plenty of friends between him and his brother. He's got plenty of fucking people in his network that are competent offensive coordinators. I'm sure he had Gary Kubiak in that same network. Well, here's an idea. Cool. Why don't you hire someone who's not your friend? Just hire someone who's good. I'm cool yeah. with nepotism if it works, but it's not working right now. Right. You know, I, I have no problem with the Mike McDonald hire because it worked so far. So, you know, that nepotism worked out for you. So go fucking, you know, poach your brother's offensive coordinator. Yep. Uh, uh, that, that's Hey, you'd hey. really you'd really bust the nut then. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> Jake. And draft, draft all Michigans. You think this is a good time <laughs> to... uh Let's get into purple pants analytics. Let's do it. So purple given, pants analytics. Yeah, I've been doing. I've give, given this quite a bit of thought. I think that everyone's going to lean in one direction here. That it's a black, black. prime time game. It's the Steelers black on black. I personally think that black on black is possible, but I think we're going to do what I said last week: purple on purple, not color rush. Purple on purple. We haven't done it all year. Um, Steelers might come out. In all white, I can see it. Have they ever done that before? You never know. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I want to see the. I want to see the purple on purple. They'll probably so wear it, those thick older numbers from the seventies, just so they keep doing the whole remember Franco Harris thing because Franco's dead. Yeah. So now we're Matt gonna bring out the seventies uniforms. Of course Matt it wasn't. All touched the ground. Catch. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I live. Yeah. I live in California. Of course it wasn't a catch. It's the immaculate deception, just like George Atkinson said. Of course. There's no camera angle of that ball being caught. Mm-hmm. Fraud, just like Babe Ruth, oh. never happened. Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, never happened. Well, I think the, the uh, you know the the good juju of you know playing for Franco Harris that that's that's over and done with. That was last week. That was a a fleeting moment, and and it was very appropriate that they were playing the Raiders because the the Raiders are truly the you know the Steelers. Uh, Where was great, Hillary Clinton? The original also, rival. Yeah, the, their greatest rival over over you know the the span of. Well, at least their their prime years. So I'm thinking purple on purple. And with that in mind, why don't we start some with some uh, score predictions? Do you so want to lead I'm, off I'm, the score prediction too, or do you want to? Uh, no, I don't. I have to think about it. I'll go. I'll go. Um, no, I'm I'm with the black on black. I think it's I think it's a funeral. Um, if Lamar plays, I'm going 27 23. Um, if Lamar doesn't play, I'm going 14 to 11. Um, but I don't know. 
I, I, Lamar's got to play, man. Lamar has to straight up. Oh, play. Let the record reflect that Grant thinks that Lamar makes the defense worse. Well, I think it's a possession. Grant? It's a possession thing. I think they're going to have the ball more often with Lamar out to defend. To defend my guy right here, Mister Grant, the the holographic offspring of the three of us. I think he's trying to say. With Lamar coming back, the defense's job gets a little easier, so they can take it easy and just stop them when they need to, as opposed to hold them down to nine or ten points a game. I'm assuming that's what you were saying, correct, my guy? Yep. Wrong. There you go. <laughs> All right. So I, I think he, black yeah. on black. I think black on black. I would be okay with purple on purple, but I think it's going to be black on black. Lamar plays. I think it's going to be twenty-seven to ten. Um, I think we win, and I think the defense is energized by Lamar being back and play out of their minds um, because, you know, unlike Grant, I think Lamar has a positive effect on the team and especially the defense. Um, if it's Tyler Huntley, I think we're in for like another 17-10 game. I think it's going to be another ugly running the ball, and we just end up winning at the end with, you know, possession. And either way, I think the Steelers are only scoring 10 points on us, and it's really Lamar's difference between 10 more points on offense for us. So, All right, hold on. What? You said- what? what? You're saying that you're saying that like whether he plays or not, he's only going to score 10 points the same? What? Yeah. 20, yeah. 27 to 10? 27 to 10? 27, 27 to 10 with Lamar, 17 to 10 without Lamar. Okay. And then Grant, you were 27, 27 23, 23. And then 14, 11. 14, 11. Okay. How do you get 11 there? Huh? My guess. What are they field goal, touchdown, two end? point conversion. Touchdown, two point conversion. And a field goal. So it's going to be four, 14 to 3. And then, you know, yep. they're going to they're gonna score a touchdown at the end and go for the two and then not get the onside kick. Bingo. Tell the parents they had a good game because he scored a touchdown, even though they lost the game. Some shit like that. Yep. Who scores a touchdown, Grant? George Pickens. No <laughs> now chance. it's going to be Deontay Johnson. Zero <laughs> percent chance. Of course, it's going to be Friday. Anyway. Yeah, probably. On Chuck Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm with Drew and Grant. I think it's a funeral. I think it's black on black. But I think either way, if Lamar plays or Tyler Huntley plays, I think it's a low-scoring game. Historically, I don't know if he's turned the ball over the most against the Steelers, but he's turned the ball in three games he's played against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lamar Jackson has turned the ball over eight times. Three picks in his first meeting in 2019. We won, but still. Um, remember the 2020 game, two picks, two lost fumbles. And then last year, the interception of Mika Fitzpatrick. So in three games, he has eight turnovers. And so got to give the Steelers defense credit on that. They've played against this very well, which is some horror shit, but whatever. Fuck it. It is what it is. But we already know this is a throw, your record, throw the records out kind of game because we've lost to Charlie Bash and they lost to Ryan Mallett. So I'm going 13 to 10 Baltimore, if regardless if Huntley plays or if Lamar plays. Oh, wow. Look at you. Okay. Jake also hates Lamar Jackson. Add that to the notes. Yep. <laughs> no, nah, Lamar's my guy. I just stopped watching his. I just stopped wearing his jersey during games because we started losing. So the the jinx is like, nah, fuck that. I gotta hang it up again. Okay. So I've already s- predicted that we're gonna go purple on purple, non-color rush. Um, I think Lamar does play. Um, Siv made a good point very early on when they flex this game that I don't think the NFL would have flexed this game if they had not consulted with the Ravens on. Lamar's status. Now, that's not to say that he couldn't have a setback and end up not playing, not but good. I think he's trending towards playing since they flexed the game because there are other games that could have flexed into, the, into this spot. And I don't think that the NFL uh, intentionally would say, yeah, we would really love to have Tyler Huntley on Sunday Night Football. So I think we're going to see Lamar. Um, and I think what we're looking at here is a 24 to 13 
Ravens win with Lamar Jackson. If it's Tyler Huntley, I think it's a 14-13 win. And we're talking about maybe a, a Justin Tucker bailout last minute field goal to win. So 24 to 24 to 13, 14-13. Well, they have it. So just can't believe that Grant and Jake hit Lamar that much. Hey, so. uh, Drew. Yes. Should we talk about uh, Baltimore Sun? No, oh, Mike Preston? Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, because you and I had a uh, you, you got roped in by our dumbass fake doctor friend Tom with his fucking. Well, I didn't get roped into anything. I was just absurd, I... absurd takes by Tom. But um, yeah, so Mike Preston did a Q and A on December fourteenth, and for some reason it caught fire this week. I'm not sure who brought it back up and you know brought it in. I know one of the people that brought it up was Yuri. Yeah, so I don't know, but I don't know if he was the first. Uh, he very well could have been. He was but early on it all, for sure. Yeah, I saw it all over my timeline. And basically, Mike Preston did a Q&A article, and one of the questions was asking about Lamar. And Mike Preston said that, you know, coaches and executives know that Lamar is, um, you know, disengaged, um, isn't rehabbing, you know, doesn't pay attention to team meetings, is late. You know, same, same, same song and dance that people have been talking about Lamar for years of, you know, just not a, not a mature player and, you know, not, not a, you know, franchise caliber quarterback and that there's doubts about him within the walls. Um, he has been the only person to say that so far this year. Um, there's another individual from a three-letter blog that has kind of uh, trumpeted the same shit, but um, we don't we don't talk about him. So I I don't understand why people like him are given credibility. Um, I've been told that Mike Preston has been there forever and is well respected. I don't respect him. I think he's a fucking moron. And I think that if there was any truth to what he was saying, that there would be other people saying the same thing. And you wouldn't bury that in a Q&A either. If you had something cold that Lamar Jackson was, you know, basically a deadbeat, for lack of a better term, that he wasn't rehabbing, that he didn't care about the team anymore, and you had that sourced and cold, you'd, you'd be putting that out as a full feature article because you know you'd go viral on that. So I, I don't know why we pay any attention to idiots like Mike Preston, but, you know, here we are, people people falling for his shit. All right, so devil's advocate, just to be clear about um, what you were talking about, I didn't get roped in anything. Tom was conflating what I was saying with what he was saying. And what I said was, if anything that Mike Preston said there is true, then that's a huge problem. If Lamar Jackson is really not uh, dedicating the proper time and effort to rehabbing, that's a problem. If he's not, if he's not paying attention in meetings, you know, I would say arguably as the starting quarterback, whether you're injured or not, uh, especially on an injury that you're, you should be coming back from the season. You should be in the building just like you would be otherwise. Um, you know, you're doing your rehab while you're there. Obviously you're not going to be out on the field practicing like the other guys, but you should be there. You should be in every meeting should be getting there just as early as you would if you were healthy and you should be leaving just as late, if not later, because you've got extra, extra assignments. Cause you got to do so, rehab. I mean, but, part so, of, part, I'm just part saying of, my, my whole thing is if Mike Preston has information and like you said, nobody else has said this. <clears throat> so this is like I don't I don't take what he's saying as like this is this is the truth. I'm just saying if there's any truth to it, then that's a problem, especially for a guy who is in the middle of basically demanding, you know, 200 plus million dollars fully guaranteed. If you want that money fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed money is paid to people who commit themselves to making fully guaranteed money. So, you know. If you have a knee injury, a one to three week knee injury, and you and the only way to to get better is with rehab and rest, you should be at the 
the facility doing your rehab and then doing your rest of the facility and putting in the mental reps and the, the meeting time and everything else that goes into it. So it's not me saying that, that Lamar Jackson is not doing any of that, th- those things. I expect that he is doing those things because he's a guy, like I said, who is demanding that the team or some team pay him this historic amount of money. I think he knows damn well that if he wants that money, he needs to, to the, his behavior has to, to reflect uh, someone who's deserving of it. And his performance on the field obviously speaks for itself, but franchise quarterbacks, uh, a lot more goes into it than just what they do on the field on Sunday. So if Mike Preston is correct, even on some of it, Lamar needs to fix that. Now, I don't trust that any of that's true, to be clear, because Mike this, Preston, this will, well, Mike Preston famously, famously is the guy who said that Ed Reed was a pick without pizzazz. That was his headline. Yeah. Like Ed Reed is arguably the the uh, top pizzazz player of all time. Like the guy like pizzazz is a great fucking word to describe Ed Reed. OK, per- so you're a, you're you're a Ravens culture executive. And you got this hot story you want to get off your chest to somebody. Are you going to Mike Preston with that? I mean, that's a guy that is probably not well liked in the facility, would be my guess, because he's a noted asshole. You know what I mean? He, he's noted to be like a shit stir. It's like the only reason he has credentials is because he works for the Baltimore Sun. And so they can't just revoke his media credentials because that's a you know, local newspaper and that kind of looks like shit if you do that to a local paper. But I mean, could you imagine, and, and, you know, he didn't name what he just said, top executive. So I would assume that would be, uh, you know, an EDC. You imagine EDC talking to Mike Preston off the record being like, yeah, man, this, this Lamar guy just not showing up to, you know, to rehab and he's, he's not paying attention to meetings like that just seems just doesn't, it doesn't add up. And like, it's a sensational clickbait story that he didn't even frame correctly as a sensational clickbait story. It's a, it's a Q and a answer. Take not a context. People it's a are throwaway. It's a throwaway on yeah. like the third page of it. And, and this goes back to that clip we saw. You think John Harbaugh will be having that sort of an interaction with him no. if he was skipping meetings and, and skipping rehabs and it's, just- it's the same. And, you know, again, uh, Tony Lombardi wrote the same shit, you know, before the, the year and he, 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 you know, twisted it in with the Kodak black stuff. And it just seems to be the, the go-to thing with Lamar. And I, I feel like it's people trying too hard to rationalize why he doesn't have a contract yet. That's the only thing that I can wrap my head around is that I, people I, I, are, I don't think Tony was doing that, by the way. I think, um, you know, I, I mean, the, I, think the, it's rhetor- the, I think it's more rhetorical. What, it, you know, the, I don't know. It, it, it might be. On. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trashing. I don't, Tony I, personally. I, I, I talk with Tony and I talk with other people over there and I know that Tony doesn't feel that way. So I think it's more him just asking rhetorical questions. And that's my of, point. Is yeah. that, okay. So, so Tony's asking rhetorical questions of what is wrong with Lamar and blah, 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 and putting these out and he's kind of spinning them in a way that he's speaking in facts, but they're not really facts. I think Mike Preston took that a step farther and took these questions and put them in an answer to some random dipshit commenter and spoke on them. Like he's, he has source information when he doesn't have it on this and so that's what is going to drive people wild is that somebody talking out of turn with no facts to back them up and i i don't think that there's any facts to back up well and i think the, yeah, the first sentence of that answer from him was like it's no secret to coaches i think that was the way it started it's no secret yeah, to it's no secret to coaches and top executives that lamar right. doesn't pay attention in, yeah, so in that, meetings and doesn't that, show up to read when you answer a question that way when you when you start a sentence that way that tell that to me that sounds like you're saying that those people said that to you yeah, and I think that was intentional. I, I think he did that on purpose to act like he was coming from an informed place when it was just a, 
a shit stirring answer. Right. Well, so I think then this right now, this little segment we're, we have here is a formal invitation to Mike Preston to come on this podcast and defend himself because what we're saying is, hey, Mike Preston, you're a fucking liar. Um, and until you can demonstrate otherwise, we're going to consider you to be uh, unreliable. You're making shit. You're a journalist. Mike Preston, your your reporting lacks pizzazz. Please discuss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So until he can explain the way he worded that answer, um, I think anybody who listens to this podcast should um, should tag him on Twitter. Just let him know. We don't trust a word you say. Don't call him names. Don't be mean. Just let him know. We don't trust you. He's a reporter. He's supposed to be trusted. And I think the way that he answered that question, the way he framed that or the way he the way he framed his answer uh, to me was was, was dishonest. Um, yeah. And if it wasn't dishonest, then tell us why it's not dishonest, because otherwise there's no evidence that supports what he said. Mike Preston, nobody likes being told that they're wrong and having that backed up with proof more than me. So feel free to come here and tell me why I'm wrong. And uh, if you have, do, you, have your and source information. To be clear, if he does not accept our invitation, then he's lying. Yeah, then he's admitting that we called him on his bullshit. And it's it's a non-factor and nobody should be getting fucking worked up about a Mike Preston story. Right. And if his answer is, um, you know, something, some, some sort of like uh, jab at us for not being big enough or whatever, then... Uh, you're fine. lying and you're a pussy. Yeah. He, he's admitting to be an overly sensationalized yellow journalist by doing that. Yeah, That's exactly. The, Grant, what do you think? Grant's going to sleep under his, his uh, holographic Christmas tree. He's got his feet kicked <laughs> up. No, I mean, it, I, you can't really. I mean, you're questioning God's word. You're questioning God's work. I think you need some substance to it, and there's zero substance. And, I mean, he's getting clicks. He's getting responses. He's getting what journalists do. And, you know, at the end of the day, he knows he's unethical for it. And, you know, Lamar has already said his piece on everything. And I still don't get why people keep coming at him. I mean, the guy does everything he's supposed to do and he does everything the right way. So what I know, I'm, what is I'm no stranger. I was gonna say, I'm no stranger to making up stories for clicks. I mean, I've done it. You know, Marquise Brown is not running a Twitch stream yet. So you didn't do that. You know. That was that was some old suspended account. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it definitely wasn't me. It definitely wasn't the guy with, you know, uh, face photoshopped on the Tony Montana snorting poke. That's but, a um, totally different picture. No, I mean, yeah, totally different picture. He didn't have a power card jersey on, and I do. So, um, no, but I, I mean, I get it. Like, that's that's part of the media game is that you put vague shit out there and hope that it, you know, hits hits the internet first and people go wild over it. But, you know, now we're asking, back up what you said. Well, I think it's and, fair if he is, uh, if he is questioning Lamar's work ethic, his dedication, um, you know, his attitude, all those things. We should be able to question that about Mike Preston too, because he is, uh, again, he's someone who, you know, we've had this this argument with um, someone who has uh, appointed themselves uh, a public figure. They have a large following, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have they, they have a lot of followers on Twitter. Um, but they don't interact when very you, much. But... When you're in a position where you are disseminating information to a large group of people, you are then a public figure, and then you are subject to scrutiny and questions and criticism, and uh, you know sometimes that can that can be aggressive, that can be strongly it's worded. Very, it's nasty. very important too that he he says he's a journalist, so yes. he is not just some true dickhead on Twitter, you know, asking questions. He says he's reporting facts, so. Right. That is what a journalist does. So if you are truly reporting facts in the situation, back them up. 
Well, especially if you're framing your answer as you're you are parroting information that you've that if he says it's no it's no secret to coaches and executives, then it's just to me like you have to back that up. You have to if you're if you're questioned about that. And the problem is that media people aren't subjected to the same level of scrutiny that uh, that that athletes and coaches are. So like. I think a, a, like he should have to sit there for a press conference. Someone he should have to take every question just like athletes. Just like we that. all like we saw Giovanni we Bernard get get fucking peppered last week by a yeah. horde of of reporters, and they were throwing his face. He was hurt and all this other bullshit. Why can't we do that to reporters who report things that aren't? This isn't like he's reporting on like Lamar's uh you know completion percentage. He's reporting no. something that no one else is saying about things that happen b- behind closed doors. He should have to answer for that to someone. I, so I mean, we are inviting him on here to do that. And we'll like, be nice. We all, we'll be nice unless he's not nice. We, we all like Jeff Zerbeck. And one of the best qualities about Jeff is that he is on Twitter, you know, responding to people who are asking him questions. And there's also a very clear delineation from Jeff of, this is a fact that I'm reporting versus this is my personal opinion on something that's going on. And he you know, always clarifies that for sure. Yeah. he, he And if his article is not clear and, you know, I read all of his athletic articles, if there's something in there that is maybe vaguely worded or whatever, and you, you, I don't know if press him on it is the right word, but you ask Jeff, like, you know, are you, are you reporting a fact here? Are you saying your opinion? He, he will always clarify which one it is. hundred percent. And, you know, holds himself accountable. Whereas you get the, Mike Preston's and the Jamison Hensley's of the world who will put opinions out there, frame them as fact, and then run hide when people push them on it. Or Ryan Mink, same thing. You know, you get dishonest journalists who he, don't. He's um, a little bit. He's in a, a little bit of a different position because he works for the team, so he he doesn't have the ability. I I don't think to just do whatever he wants. I I I, I pressed him very fairly on an issue we've had with him all year, um, and I got no response to it other than. I'm a loser and I don't do enough research. That's all he had to say to me. And when I provided evidence of what I was saying, he blocked me. Said I don't have time for this. And yeah, and and you know, there's plenty of times when you you are overly aggressive going at people, and, and you weren't in that situation, in my opinion. No, I didn't swear. I didn't say. Uh, just say uh, he 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 put out a tweet asking for questions. I asked a question, and then he got mad at me for asking a question. Yep. And again, so like this is this is what we talk about with the media and holding them accountable is that they should be forced to answer these questions. And so, like you said, we're giving Mike Preston that platform and any other media person is welcome to come on here. And if they feel they've been wronged by us or wronged by anybody with how their opinions are being framed, you're more than welcome to come on here and discuss that. We are we are an open platform for all. So my DMs are open. I think Will's DMs are open. I don't know about Grant, but when uh, when the simulation is fired up for Grant, I'm sure he'll respond to you. Yeah, Chargers broken. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Chargers worked like three weeks in a row. So I paid a record for record breaking deals. Yeah. Bless the advancement of technology to find the right charger for this man's laptop. And any journals who would like to come on and take issue with anything that is said on this podcast as I moderate it, feel free to. But anywho. That's going to do it for this week's installment. We will be back next year to discuss what happens on New Year's Day. But meanwhile, Happy New Year, Ravens Flock. I'm going to make a noise. Oh! See ya! Zone, zone 32. 32.